Welcome to the Inventory Professional Podcast, brought to you by Inventory Base, providers of industry-leading property inspection software, accredited training, and on-demand property reports. Join us as we discuss the latest news, legislation, and all things property, hosted by our very own inventory expert, Sean Hemming Metcalf. With regular special guests, listen in to our open and honest discussions about the role of the inventory professional and how to navigate through this ever-changing, fast-paced industry. Hi, and welcome to the Inventory Professional Podcast with myself, Sean from Infantry Base Academy, and the lovely Melissa from MGN Infantries. Melissa, welcome back. Um, it's been a bit of a long break, hasn't it? It has. I feel like this, this year took off all on its own, so... Um... It's been a while. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm still, in a way, marvelling at the fact, one, that we are in 2021, the fact that we are now really racing towards the end of the year, the fact that the dreaded Christmas word, yeah, it's literally around the corner. We're talking weeks, not necessarily months now. Um, and just quick, how quick the actual year has gone. And it's something that um, I wanted to kind of discuss with you today because it's a hot topic, certainly within the Infantry Base Academy support hub on Facebook. It's just about, you know, one, how quick the summer months have gone. Um, two, how kind of busy they were I think in a way there was a bit of an anticipation that maybe it wouldn't be as busy because even though that we're out of the last lockdown we're still within the throes of the pandemic but you know things are easing and easing to a quite a great extent but I think people thought well you know it's going to be relatively quiet and it hasn't been in fact it's been completely different and um, one of the things on the hub that's been mentioned is the fact that you know we're having to deal with really big volumes of reports you know, especially around the student market what's it been like for you as a on the ground provider like me so I think um from last year there was that definite there was a lull for the lockdowns and then everything was really busy in summer but we anticipated it more because of the lockdowns but then this year obviously we we have our busy times and our student times and we know to expect that but I, I really felt like that ramped up from maybe June until really I would say last week <laughs> it yeah. seems manically busy and I don't really know where the volume was coming from to be honest it just it was all at once and and especially the student market um there were much more this time I mean I don't know if less people left last year or you know what happened because students had left earlier that kind of thing but it definitely seems like this year is certainly the busiest year that I've ever had in the summer yeah I know I know exactly what you mean in a way I think there was an anticipation that you know people would be more inclined to stay at home do their courses online which a lot of universities are still carrying on so there'd be less people actually going to um, student properties but yeah I, I'm exactly you same as you it, it's definitely been uh, as busy if not more so and in a way I don't know maybe it's because we had a bit of a may I say it quite a period last year it didn't seem as full as frantic there's this year maybe because it is that it's felt so much more and maybe you know two years ago it it was exactly the same but I think because we it's been so weird and, and different for the last 18 months two years that in, it could be that we just we were just not at, used to it you know we're a bit out of sync with it or maybe that's the reason why it felt yeah. so <laughs> got to get back into it yeah, and I do yeah. think I think there's an element of that. And also because of what had happened last year, especially 
I found with my agents and the student market in particular is that they were leaving at slightly different times than what they normally would. And that had an impact again on this year. So where, whereas before they would have all left um, end of August, beginning of September, and then, you know, then you would be preparing for the new ones moving in. It was definitely later last year. And I think that they, most of the agents seem to have carried that on in the contract. So whilst I was expecting it to definitely be quiet from the end of September, well, quieter um, on the student front, it, it carried on. I mean, it's still kind of been going the last two weeks, which is definitely not something that I would have had in the past. Yeah, I mean, that's actually been mentioned in within the hub and some other conversations I've been having around the student market. And I don't know about you, but I certainly seem to think that or at least feel and have been cooperated by others that the the actual volume of properties and how they're managed during this particular period because we know this happens every year it's a given you know between those dates yeah. between like I said the end of um, June beginning of July to around about mid-September it is always manic people moving in moving out of the student market but I sometimes do get a bit concerned about the volume of properties and how they're managed because obviously I understand from a letting point of view you know they want the minimum void period possible they literally want people out and people in straight away you know sometimes same day which is great from a you know from a revenue point of view it's great for the landlords but for the supplier industry for what we do and all the other people that underpin it your cleaners and your electricians your gas engineers your maintenance people it's a hell of a thing to get everything done. I mean, some people have been saying, you know, doing like 90 properties in three days. I mean, you can't tell me that the, you know, that, that isn't a problem. And it does make me wonder then, well, is there room for a discussion with agents about, you know, can we improve this? Can we make this different? Can we, you know, change this habit that everyone seems to have got into? Because it does feel a bit like a habit. It does, absolutely. And I think it's a, it's a very difficult thing because obviously they, they want as much turnaround time as possible to get properties ready. Um, everyone just naturally is kind of leaving at the same time um, and there are massive numbers involved. I, I think it's almost a bit, certainly for myself, with sort of best laid plans that I knew that there would be a lot of you know, a lot of people leaving at a certain time and I had my agent send me, you know, what numbers were leaving on what days in their portfolio. But again, it's it's as much as you can plan. So, you know, the students that decided that they couldn't leave or the ones that suddenly had to self-isolate, the ones that stayed for an extra two weeks, they really kind of put a spanner in the works because you might be expecting to go out to three, four, six jobs and then only one of them might have left. But then in two days time, those ones that haven't left are now leaving, you know, and so the impact, it's, it's just a constant sort of negotiation of the diary. And I do think you then find yourself on days when it's like, oh, look, you know, we, we want sort of 10 or 15 jobs. And you think, well, that's not me providing the best service that I can. Um, and I appreciate you need it, but there needs to be a compromise. And how do we, you know, how do we go about that? So as much as possible with agents, I've said, you know, what what's the, what are the really important ones that you need to get ready sort of sooner rather than later, or you think that you're going to need more time getting ready, and let's kind of schedule those first. But mm. um, it is very much a negotiation, and obviously some people aren't willing to, to you know, enter into that. Some agents very much are like, no, they will need to be done today. 
which is difficult, isn't it? I think as long as you're posing what the downside of that is, then um, then at least you're saying it. Well, this is it. Um, it I mean, it, it's not insurmountable because we do it and we have done it, but there's got to be a better way. And like you said, um, you know, the, it needs doing. Um, but if we have that conversation, if we have that negotiation, negotiation, if we have that foresight, which we invariably do, everyone I speak to, and I know you do, and I know I do, you know, we pre-plan. We're already planning from around about May forward. Um, but like you said, sometimes tenants won't leave but for whatever reason, and things have a knock-on effect. And like you said, after a couple of days, you end up with sometimes twice the amount that you expected because of the knock-on effect, that domino effect of those properties not being vacated when they should. And of course, then it's that mad rush to get them ready for the next people or a lot of um, students coming in. But I think, you know, we need maybe as an industry to kind of look at this and think, well, how else could we do this or how could we do this better? Um, I've spoke to a lot of clerks where they are doing um, kind of like sanitised reports for the checkout. So they're only focusing on major damage. But then there's got to be an expectation, certainly within the industry, certainly within the adjudication side of things when it goes to dispute, exactly what that means and making sure that that is acceptable in regards to um, the evidence side. I mean, I know from, from my point of view, and we've had these discussions before, you know, we want to produce the best evidence and everything should be done as per you would do at any other time for any other report. It should be exactly the same each and every time. But as um, some people have already uh, intimated within the uh, Facebook hub, that's not always possible. And if you're doing 90 properties in three days, then with all the will in the world, there's just not enough hours. You're not going to do it to that level of standard. So maybe there needs to be a recognised standard of what that looks like in the student in market of you know, doing the reports differently. Obviously, what work streams as well. So you can um, outsource um, particular jobs and volume of work to that. But even then, you know, you might still find that you still need additional help and support. So, I mean, would that be a way around that, you know, having an agreed format for these kind of properties at this particular time or for volume work? I think, I mean, personally, I would be uncomfortable doing it, but I assume the, the bigger issue there is, is that conversation really being had with the ultimate client, the landlord. That might be something that we agree with the agents and it's kind of an expectation of, of the level of report that they're getting. But if that isn't sort of relayed in the same way or, uh, you know, that conversation being watered down to them and then something does arise, because obviously things are only a problem until they're a problem. You know, if at some point it's realised that something's missed off that actually is quite important to the landlord, and it was because of this, then I can see that being an issue. And again, with the best will, even if you kind of put those disclaimers in place and have those conversations, and even if you backed it up in writing, you don't really know how that's been transferred to the landlord and whether they fully understand what that means and are accepting of it. Because I can imagine a lot of, you know, there being an issue and the landlord, oh, I didn't, didn't think that's what you meant. Do you know, yeah. and then obviously, ultimately, it comes back down to the provider for not providing the service that someone thought that they were getting. 
Exactly. And th- and that is a, a, a potential worry. And, th- and the reason I, I put this kind of that um, forward to you is because it said it is a topic of conversation. And I do know that that does happen within the industry. But I agree the potential for issues, the potential for complaints, the potential to take that then complaint further is very real. And as I've already mentioned before, you know, the industry as a whole is being heavily regulated. And at some point, we are going to be within that mix. We're not in it now. And I'm surprised we're not in it now, but we're not. But I can envisage that we will do at some point and, and we could be held to account more so um, similarly to, I don't know, like a RIC surveyor. So, you know, we've got our insurances, you know, we're, we've got our public um, uh, indemnity, uh, professional liability insurances. Um, and in a way, sometimes I think people think, well, okay, it's just something I've got to have, but they don't really pay any attention to it. But if people, landlords, tenants, agents start calling on that insurance they well you didn't do it right and this has been missed and i'm out of pocket or that's been damaged and that hasn't been picked up then the ultimate person as you quite rightly say comes back down to us so i think we do need to take this more seriously i think we need to have a conversation but i think the biggest problem we have as a provider is there's no one really shouting at anybody or talking to anybody or putting our case forward or representing us to the people that matter so you know, individually, we can have those conversations, but on a on a kind of national scale, there's no standardization. So how do we get over that? Because if we haven't got the governing bodies, our associations say anything, doing anything, there's not really anybody else out there at the moment that will kind of like fight our corner, as it were. No, not at all. And I think, you know, we've touched on this sort of several times. It's it's very difficult. We we all know that there's a very wide variation of report styles. Um, and the amount of detail and photos and and that kind of thing that you would have and you almost want you're sort of forming a group between you which you know we almost have with the hub we're all very like-minded some people Hmm. you know might do something a little bit different but I think once you're kind of in that mindset and you're together you're you're almost doing the same thing anyway but then it's all the people that are not involved in those conversations that are doing something different and you know purely maybe from an agent's point of view in that situation where they're expecting 60 you know 90 reports in three days if someone is saying yeah I I can do it but it's to you know uh, much less detail than we would perhaps want in our reports um, and and the way they're doing that is um, because purely the amount of time it's taking them to do it And then there's someone else's, you know, are we missing out on the business because agents will maybe accept the easiest thing they can. And that easiest thing is someone agreeing to do what they want when they want it and not necessarily thinking of the repercussions for them. Um, You know, maybe they do. Maybe they think, oh, well, you know, what are the chances? And if there's one landlord that complains or there's a few things that are missed, they'll deal with it. But maybe if the numbers were up there, if they had like 30 or 40 out of that 90 that had potential issues, then maybe that would be what would change their mind. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. It's it's a difficult one, but it's something that we keep doing year in, year out, and we're going to be exactly the same position come next year. And if you look at the number of university places that are being built, a number of university places that are being secured each year, they're going up and up and up. So therefore the market, the student market is, you know, from a, from a purely 
business financial point of view very buoyant it's great but when it comes to the physicalities of actually doing that report and getting it right and like you said protecting it and making sure that it's covering everybody um it's going to become more and more difficult it's going to become more and more um, complicated as we go forward and even if we start planning in january we're still probably going to hit the same issues so at some point we need to have that conversation but i think again the bigger issue is is that there's just no one able to champion that or no one willing to champion that on a, a UK wide kind of scale. Obviously, associations should be doing what they should be um, there for and what they purport to be there for. But obviously, that's another topic of conversation. But I think it's right that we tackle the subject or at least start talking about it more openly outside of the hub, putting it to our agents, letting people know, you know, what the limitations of it and also the potential downfalls in regards to things being missed and the impacts on insurance policies, et cetera, because quite rightly, it's tenants' money. Landlords don't want to um, be paying out more than they need to because they're already heavily regulated, heavily squeezed financially. So quite rightly, you know, they want to make sure that um, they're not losing out even more so because someone hasn't done their job properly. And I would hate for that to be you know, anybody within the inventory supplier industry being blamed, but I, I can equally, I can see that coming. Yeah. Absolutely. And it would be so nice if we did have sort of that body to almost fall back on um, and those those regulations in place. It would make the conversations much easier um, because otherwise you are essentially sort of one person going in and trying to discuss your terms. Whereas if you, you know, if you've got something to fall back on and say, well, you know, this is this is why it's happening now. These are the constraints on us, then um, that would certainly help the situation. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, it's something for, I think, the individual providers, um, the agents, and of course, the industry as a whole to think about. And I think it's something that we definitely need to be talking about sooner on a more global scale, more UK wide scale and and looking towards our associations to get that conversation going um, it, it could be that nothing will change, but at least then there's a level of expectation there that's a bit more realistic. I think this mad rush every single year, you know, especially during those really peak, peak weeks where it is literally in and out, uh, you know, we are going to get problems at some point or another. And if we do get, sorry, if we do end up getting regulated under ROPA, then there's going to be a lot more people held to account. And then that potentially has massive impacts on businesses and of course reputation, you know, because at the end of the day, we're all striving to do a really, really good job. We rely on our reputation because we do deliver a quality service. And I wouldn't want to see anybody lose out on that because either they haven't had that conversation or the expectation hasn't been kind of like leveled as it were or that um, people have been really unrealistic as to their expectations as a general rule in regards to what the report will be like so it's a it's an interesting topic and I'm sure it's one we, we will tackle again but I mean it does lead me on to another point that I was going to um, bring up about planning because it all goes into that and um, I've recently released a blog on uh, planning for what I call a COVID winter Um, I know I sent that to you and you you were kind enough to have a read of it Um, so what were your thoughts about planning for what's coming up over the next say four or five months? Um, I mean I'm personally I'm 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 a planner (laughs) I love a you know I love a few bullet points I love an action plan so I also am quite cynical and I'm worst case scenario. 
And I think it is so important for us to be thinking of these things. Yes, initially with, with COVID and everything, we did get caught on the hoof a bit because it's something that, you know, has never happened before. There was no way really to foresee this. But I think if we plan for it, you know, happening this year, and, you know, not necessarily even with COVID, we're hearing lots of, um, you know, bugs going about, really bad flu and cold. And again, they're saying that's all because our immune systems are kind of not used to it because we've not been around each other. And we're also seeing each other a lot more. And it being colder, everyone's together. And I think it just makes sense now for us to plan for, for that worst case scenario. You know, what would we do if there is going to be another lockdown? I know they promised it won't happen, but you've got to think it might. Um, mm. Certainly, I personally think there's going to be um, reinstated social distancing and masks come sort of proper winter. Yeah, so, it, you know, it's going back to those things. We, we've probably got a little bit out of habit now of, wearing our gloves and the amount that we sanitize and our masks I mean I personally still every time I am around tenants and landlords I ask if they want me to wear the mask and I'm you know I'm more than happy to do that but I think people almost it's a given now that no one's doing it yeah so I noticed yeah I noticed that the other day just just generally you know in the scheme of things out and about you know doing your day-to-day kind of things shopping and moving around um, there's a lot less masks being worn and like I said at the end of the day government legislation doesn't now um, demand that you wear it but I agree with you I think there's a, a good likelihood that we will go back to that purely because you just have to look at the COVID numbers they're going up again which again all predicted this now in a way we're kind of like used to this this is not new but I agree with you. I think the fact that we've not really had any illnesses this year, if you think about it, we've not, we've not had the normal norovirus up and, you know, uh, up and downy that we normally get around about this time, isn't it? I think it's about, yeah, about this time to November. Yeah. Yeah. Is, is that, yeah, I think so. And we've not had that. And now that p- people are getting flu, and they're, but they're getting flu quite severely um, and the numbers of those are going up. So I just think it's a good idea, like you said, plan look at this, look at your numbers, look at the work you've got coming up. Do you have contingencies there? Should you need additional help? Obviously, you've got work streams, um, you've got approved suppliers, so you've got that ability, certainly with infantry base, to deal with that. But um, it's also, you know, making sure that you yourself are ready, isn't it, as well, just in case you get ill, because you and I are both business owners, so we run the business. If we get ill, who else is there to do it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. the other issue, isn't it? I wonder you know, how many people think about it if it happens, but hmm. you've got to plan, um, especially in these times. And that's you know, that's having a conversation with the clients again to say, What will you be doing if you know, worse comes to worse, and there's people isolating and all sorts? Like, will offices close again? Will there be more people from working from home? How does that affect our key collection? Um, you know, all of those kind of conversations, it makes sense to touch on them. And then we're we're all kind of prepared rather than it happen. And everyone all of a sudden has to have, you know, a million different conversations to how do we go on? How's it going to work? 
Yeah, because I think that is one of the biggest things that impacted certainly the agent side of things, because we're, we're used to working from home. We've got infrastructures in place to deal with that. But it was very, very clear from the offset that agents didn't either have the uh, the IT connectability. They didn't have um, a different way of dealing with the keys or have um, you know designated people for emergency contacts or access to the offices if they needed things. Um, and, um, you know, it was very clear, I think, at that point that there was a lot of uh, issues within the industry that no one had ever thought about. And to be fair, we've never been pushed, have we, in that respect? So in a way, you just weren't, like you said, expecting a mass exodus out of the office into the home and then having no ability to do anything. But that's exactly what we've got. But I do think, yes, now we need to be planning for potentially another uh, either, maybe like you said, not a lockdown, but certainly more restrictions being reintroduced because of potential numbers of COVID, potential numbers of flu, and just realistically the the uh, impact on the NHS, because that's the driver, isn't it, in, in what we're doing, is to keep the NHS safe and functioning. Yes, and I think they kind of went away um, a little bit now from really talking about the numbers so much. Um, obviously, you can find the information if you look, but I'm wondering at what point that will sort of start again properly in the media that you know we're hearing the numbers again and I, I would imagine that would be in the next couple of weeks certainly be by mid-November I think they're going to be really concerned about the pressure that the NHS is under and like you say the decision really stems from there yeah yeah absolutely I mean I think one benefit in a way the where we are within the kind of like time of year this is naturally a more of a quieter period um, as we go towards Christmas and into the new year and I think certainly with um, the levels of stock that are now not available there is a definite downturn in available properties being sold properties coming into the uh, private rental sector so number of report numbers will naturally always kind of uh, fall down at this time of year so in a way it hopefully won't impact as much as it would do say if we had the same issue in the summer periods but yeah I agree I think we need to kind of look at it look at contingencies what happens if you I um, people who run the businesses what happens if you're too ill to do anything who takes over who manages the day-to-day bookings and the staff and the clerks and and just dealing with the everyday kind of issues that come with running an inventory business but also like you said um, look at you know how then you can work with your agents with your landlords with your client base just to make sure that one they're aware two that yeah, they've got some contingencies there as well as so it's not such a huge shock when all of a sudden things go a little bit awry we we said we get more restrictions imposed on us or just people are just not available to do the jobs but tenants still waiting to move in etc so I think definitely now as you said get those spreadsheets out get those bullet points done get those little action plans um, revving up and on the go um, rather than wait for it to all happen then think about it yes it's all it's all being prepared and I think as an industry I, I feel like we are quite prepared in our businesses um because things are very much last minute anyway you know as much as you you might have however many bookings in advance and there will always be loads in advance we're also very much used to the last minute oh the references have just passed or this bit of work was finished early can you go tomorrow <laughs> 
So <laughs> you think we, we kind of have to have that preparation in mind for all contingencies anyway. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And it kind of leads me on to my final point is um, about basically um, using this time now to recharge, to plan, um, train and really get ready for 2022, which it sounds really weird just even saying that number, but we are literally a couple of months away and then we'll be into the new year. And that sounds, feels and sounds really mad to me, but that's exactly where we're going to be. It has, it has flown by this year. And it almost, it's one of those things where it feels like everything has went super speed. But then you, you look back to, you know, February and you think, oh no, that, that feels such a long time ago. You know, when there were still proper restrictions in place, it, it's that kind of weird combination of it's went really quickly, but so much has happened in that period of time. And uh, certainly, I think we spoke before about planning in, in winter and getting ready. And I love to get everything ready for, for the next year. And because we are so busy over summer, it's just nice to take that breath and just just have that time to think about things. You know, what, what actually are the business goals now? What do I want to do? Steps am I going to put in place to achieve it? Thinking about staffing and training. There is so much that you know that's involved in what we do that kind of maybe gets put on a back burner until you've got sort of five minutes and <laughs> at least uh, during those winter months that's our time to to properly sort of reevaluate everything yeah because if you don't I think you and I again are the same mind and certainly talking to other uh, inventory company owners we rarely get time to think breathe or do anything else it's just it's just it's just reports isn't it well uh, job after job, day after day, exactly the same. So this is now a really good time to sit down and think about, okay, what do I want to achieve next year? Um, you know, how have I actually performed this year? That's the other thing, isn't it? And yeah. Because we're, in a way, these last two years, they're all been all over the place. It's difficult to really understand exactly, well, okay, well, what can I expect next year? Is it going to be the same? Is it going to be better? Am I going to grow? Am I going to compress? Am I going to stay the same? What's it going to be? Also constrict, what am I going to be doing? Um, and a lot of people, a lot of businesses, what they tend to do is they're running ahead really you know at a pace trying to just to get get the next job next job being and get the next payment get the next invoice and so forth just get through the day get through the week get through the month that all of a sudden um the whole year's gone but you've got no real understanding well how well did i do you 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 probably know your revenue but you don't necessarily know when did you generate it you know what was your peak months what was your downturn you know where was your peak staff because that's the other thing isn't it it's understanding well when do i need more staff and when do i need to start planning for them bearing in mind what it was like last year you know am I going to need exactly the same then as I need you know now as I needed then will I need more will I need less when will I need them you know it'd be earlier later in the year um how much is that going to cost me and all those kind of things and also to look at you know what you actually have spent from a business point of view and understanding okay can I make some efficiencies there you know have things gone a bit I don't know um a bit wayward because you've just been trying to get through the months and whatever, just generate the income and think about it all later on. But, you know, was it profitable? Was it efficient? Can you do things differently? They're the kind of things that I'd be looking at certainly over the next couple of months. What about yourself? Yeah, that's such a good point about reevaluating, you know, how things have gone. I think we, we have that tendency to just think this is, you know, this is what I want to achieve. This is what I'll do. Um, myself, there's certainly been things that I would have planned better for, 
um, <laughs> having yeah, having thought about it and the way that I do things, it, it makes sense to just properly with a level head. Because, you know, when you are busy and you have five minutes, the last thing that you really want to do is be going back and thinking, oh, you know, what, what happened there? So to, to properly sort of look through the months and like you say, you know, how did the processes work? Are there things that could, you know, be streamlined? Were we just doing things to get through it? Um, and how that works now. Um, I certainly, the, there are things that I know that I need to change, but I need to have a think about. And really, you know, with a level head, just look at each of the kind of a few circumstances that had happened throughout the year and think, well, what really caused that? And how could it have been made better? And, you know, what can I do with it? And like I said, this is the perfect time just to sit down and really go through all of that you know quite deeply rather than just think oh this is these are the times that I made the money yes that's kind of when I thought I'd make the money do you know um but to yeah. really think about all the other things that happened where our relationships with our clients the best that they could have been how I mean how could they have been improved at what point did um we stop talking so much I think we'll both say August <laughs> um, but yeah you know, I, did, I mean I, I certainly was talking to mine all the way for August but I think it was more kind of like just constant contingency planning yeah um, yeah exactly yes it wasn't um there weren't sort of many uh you know deep conversations in there it was very much just um again trying to manage that period of time rather than I mean we know that in the winter months and when it's nicer it's nice to just have those chats with clients and foster the relationship um and we spoke before on podcasts how when you're busy you're frantic they're exactly the same and sometimes you know that can really uh, lead to that sort of environment and that relationship where it's um not the, not not nice but not as friendly as it could be do you know everyone's stressed yeah. everyone's yeah, because just you- trying to <laughs> get by so exactly again now it's quieter just to be able to have that time with them really yeah you're just you're just totally focused on getting the job done aren't you just getting that report in getting it to them so they can get on with what they need to do and you know they rely on us doing that they they you know they don't want excuses they don't want um well I can't do it because that they're not interested they just I just need it done you know so that's all the focus yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah, exactly that end product is getting that report there. And I think, you know, as, a, as an industry, I think we do that really bloody well. We really do. And I've said that to, you know, people on the support hub and when I'm talking about inventory suppliers, you know, we do a really good job and it is quite difficult at times. And, you know, it's a lot more work, a lot more um um kind of expertise required them a lot of people can't give uh, the industry credit for and that all can take its toll when you get to the end of the year and the same as anything i always look at stress as positive and negative negative stress you know the ones that you know really make you very low make you upset you know really impact on you know how you function whereas i think positive stress can actually help you can keep you motivated keep you you on track and keep you you know actually up your uh, optimum in, in getting things done in um, you know all your planning your contingencies you know really kind of fuel you to get that you know body of work done and especially during the summer periods but at some point or other you've got to come down that that stress is going to ca- come down quite and sometimes quite dramatically for some people um so i think you know using this period to you know de-stress look at like you said 
yourself as an individual and your family, you know, spend some time because it has been so manic. But also, as you quite rightly say, you know, re-engage with your clients. You know, how are you? Take them for a drink, take them something to eat. Christmas coming up, take them a present. But, you know, make them feel as valued. And, and quite often clients will do exactly the same back, which is always very, very nice. But it just gives you that opportunity to kind of reevaluate the relationship, make sure everyone's happy, look at things that maybe need to change or to get better. And the other thing also, and we were talking about this um, before we came on to the podcast, start recording, is also about the whole thing around the fees side of things, because we were talking about whether, whether this is the right time to look at fees and whether there's an opportunity there to up those fees, possibly not right at this moment in time. But at the end of the day, cost of living, everything else is going up. You know, your fees can't stay the same forever and a day. At some point, you're going to have to look at potentially raising them, but you've got to look at it. Well, you know, when can you do that? Is it realistic? And also what the appetite for the client is to accepting any kind of raise. I'd say probably at the moment it isn't there, but I think it's something that you can certainly use this period and this time, you know, while it's quiet, to have a look at that and, okay, well, see what's realistic and, and, and see, you know, whether there's an opportunity there to increase your fees. You're not doing it because you just want the money you're doing it because you're delivering a quality service so there's if you look at life in general things cost more petrol costs more everyday living is cost more fuel for you know heating the home costs more at some point or another you're going to have to look at those rates so i think now's a really good time to maybe look at that and also explore the client's appetite for potential raises in your rate card yes and i i think with fostering that relationship i i feel it does help to really have have known clients over a number of years and obviously that takes time for people but I think when you start to build that relationship it, it does become much easier to have those conversations like you say things everything else is going up even at the moment we're still in the midst of the fuel going up so it doesn't doesn't actually make sense that our price would stay the same forever um, and as long as we are doing that in sort of a rational way and really thinking to ourselves, you know, this is this is what my area kind of offer um, because it, prices do vary wildly in different areas. You know, this is what other people are charging. This is what I feel the value is in my work. As long as it's not kind of a random number that you're just bringing to, you know, you're you're much more happy to justify that because you know where it's come from yeah yeah you can't you're right you cannot pluck that figure out of the year it's got to be justified you've got to be able to quantify it. you've got to be able to showcase to the client why it the price has gone obviously they don't need to see your workings they don't need to see your notepad and, no. you know, and all that kind of stuff but they certainly have got to be able to um see and understand it because at the end of the day if that means they've got to raise their prices they've got to justify it to their client to their landlord to their other agent depending on you know what their business model looks like so it's not a, like I said it's a random thing but I think now's a good time to be thinking about that and looking at your rate cards seeing what adjustments need to be made making sure you've got the right uh, justification for that and and you know whether there's also room for negotiation um, I think certainly within as an industry we've never done really well in regards to rates some people do really well and they'll get a really good rate and other people won't depending on your area and it really should be standardized across the board in my opinion but again that's a, a conversation for another time but I think now with um, the winter with coming towards 2022 recharge replan 
look at what other training you can take on board in regards to infantry-based academy or other types of training you're interested in and you know use that time constructively but also use that time to you know spend time with family friends it's been a manic couple of years i think we're all in need of a bit of uh, a rest yeah <laughs> certainly it couldn't come quickly enough so <laughs> well i think that's a really good point um to end on thank you melissa great conversation as always and for everybody else is listening um i will put the blog that i mentioned the planning for a covid winter onto the show notes so you have details of that so you can log on to that or even if not you can go on to infantry base and go on to the blog section you'll find it there under academy um and in the meantime like i said use this time to recharge your batteries you know, spend some time with family, look at what your plans are for the next year, look at your rates and uh, look to understand how your business has fared over the last year and get ready planning for 2022 because it's literally a couple of months away. So again, Melissa, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you very much for having me again. You're very welcome. No doubt we'll be catching up again really, really soon. Um, thank you everybody else for listening into the Infantry Professional Podcast. We look forward to having you on our next podcast. Thank you. Thanks for joining us this week on the Inventory Professional Podcast. If you've enjoyed the show, subscribe to our podcast now and share the love. This podcast was brought to you by Inventory Base, providers of industry-leading property inspection software, accredited training, and on-demand property reports.